Welcome to the podcast where women are more passionate about enjoying and celebrating life in their 60s and less concerned about having a few more wrinkles, a few aches and pains, and nothing on their to-do list. This is Celebrating 60-something, and I'm so glad you're here today. I am really excited about today's podcast. Today, I have a special guest. It happens to be my daughter, Cammie. She is a life coach, one of the best life coaches I've ever listened to. She has great advice, but it's a little vague in some people's minds as to what a life coach actually does. So I invited her on the podcast today so she can tell us a little bit about life coaching. Cammie, are you there? I am. Thanks, Mom, for having me. I'm so excited. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about life coaching and what a life coach does? Okay. Well, I certified from the life coach school and from that school, um, I was taught it's called the model. And basically what I use with my coaching is that I teach people that the cause of all of their problems is from their thinking. And we use this model, which is a tool to kind of dissect that and figure out what's the root cause of each problem is. So I came on here to talk a little bit about that today. Perfect. That sounds awesome. We have lots of listeners, probably mostly between the ages of 55 and 75, who sometimes have a lifetime of thinking the wrong way or making their thoughts mean something that they don't so or that they shouldn't. So we're going to talk about our thoughts. Okay. So Cami, tell us a little bit about this model. Okay. So the model is it's based on basically a universal truth. It's not a new concept, but it's just a tool to kind of break down all of these things. So what I do is I have, I teach people that there are circumstances. Um, we all have circumstances that can be, it's basically the facts of our lives. So it can be other people's behaviors. It can be about our past, kind of what's going on in the world. But what I teach is that all circumstances are neutral. There is nothing that causes the emotion from the circumstance. It is simply just something that we can all agree on. It's a fact. Okay. Or something in your past, in your life, isn't anything that is positive or negative. It's just the way it was. Correct. Okay. So a circumstance is hundred percent neutral. What makes it not is when we have a thought about it or what we think is not neutral. So it, it's not a problem until we have a thought about it. And thoughts are just sentences in our minds. We have about 60,000 of them per day, and most of them just kind of go unnoticed. But these are like the adjectives or the descriptive words that we add to our circumstances to make them seem like they are problems. So the so important give us an thing- example. Give us an example. Okay, so an example would be a, like about your past. Uh, I, had a, I had a rough childhood, right? Somebody okay. could say, I have a rough childhood. And then I would say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. What is, what happened in the childhood? And they'll say, um, I was abused as a child. Okay. So abused as a child means I would even break that down. Tell me a little bit more about the abuse. What would that look like? And then the abuse would go in the circumstance line. Okay. And then the thought is that it was wrong or I, I shouldn't have had that happen or any of that. That's where the pain comes in. Right. is when we have a thought about what happened in our past. And so what I love to do with clients is I love to work on this because we can truly rewrite the story of our past in a way that it will serve us for our future simply by just changing that thought changing or just the, the way that we look at it. Using the, the facts the way they are, but just changing our thoughts. 
Yeah. And, oh. and just being able to separate the facts from just simply the thoughts okay. is a huge awareness for most people. Because okay. a lot of times they can't separate them and they just think it's something that happened to them. Um, it made them feel bad and they, they feel bad to this day. Correct. Yes. Okay. But what I like to teach is that the past isn't currently hurting you. Nothing in your past is hurting you. The thought about your past is what's actually hurting you. Okay. So mm-hmm. go on and tell us then, I hope I'm not getting you off topic, but how do you go about changing your thoughts then to think something new and different? So it kind of goes down. We work through an entire model and I can go through the rest of the steps with that. But what I do with people is I start with just becoming aware of our thoughts because most people aren't even aware of their thoughts. And a lot of times we don't even want to be aware of our thoughts because it makes us uncomfortable. When we start thinking about stuff, now we don't like how um, it feels inside. So we kind of shut it off. But regardless, if we shut it off or not, it's still kind of happening. It's still causing us to show up in a world in the world in a way that we don't want if it's negative thinking. And so I, I typically, we don't like to like rush to a new thought, but I'm not a fan of affirmations. If you don't believe it, then I don't feel like you can actually apply it and believe it. So what I do, the next step, wait, wait, let's stop there for just a minute on affirmations. I know lots of people that wake up every morning and say, you know, all these wonderful, positive things about themselves. But if they have a doubt in their mind, it's not serving them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, basically a belief is just a thought that you've thought over and over and over again, that you can actually, that's truth to you. So if you look in the mirror and you say, I'm the most beautiful, hottest thing in the world, but you aren't believing it, then it's not going to serve you. You're just looking at yourself saying, oh, I really hope that this changes me, but you're not doing the work behind it to actually change. So I don't like to just rush to affirmations. I I mean, it. In that circumstance, I would stick to something very simple. Like if you looked in the mirror, instead of going, I'm the most beautiful thing in the world, I would start with something like, if it's about your body, I would say, I have a body. I would start with something completely neutral that you can believe versus attacking it and saying, I'm, I hate my body. I'm the most ugly thing in the world. I would just start with something neutral. I have a body. And then you, uh, what, add things to it that you do believe, right? So yeah. I yeah. have a body that works well and serves me well. Yeah, absolutely. You could totally go to that thought. But what you're doing is every time that you're looking in the mirror, instead of attacking yourself, um, instead of your brain going to something negative, you're staying neutral. And every day that you stay neutral, it gets easier and it becomes something that you can believe. Suddenly you're not believing that your body is disgusting. You're just believing you have a body and it's fine. And you're starting to accept it in that way. Then it becomes, okay, now what can I, now, now what can I believe about my body? Um, my body's capable is another thing. I, my body is strong. My body is healthy. And you can continue to move in, into a place where you learn and grow into loving yourself. Huh. Well, I'm pretty excited to hear about the affirmation thing because I always had my own doubts about affirmations for those very same reasons. I would say all those wonderful things in the mirror in the morning and then I'd think, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You show up and you're just like, I'm a rock star. I'm going to kill it today. And then you don't, and you're not sure why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so go ahead with the model then. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. So then we have circumstances or the facts, the thoughts are our thought about the circumstance. And then the next thing is our feelings. And that's just, usually I write in one word. So when you think a certain thought, how do you feel inside? 
So a lot of times if it's negative is the ones that we want to change, you could say, I feel sad. And then the next line would be our actions. So what do you do when you feel sad would be an example. And basically all of our feelings. So if you're feeling sad, they're going to drive what you do in your action lines. So actions, um, they can be different based on what you're feeling. So for example, if you're feeling angry, you might go clean like a maniac. Um, you might yell, you might do all these things. Or if you're sad, you might kind of go hide Up somewhere. Or, or right. Yeah, exactly. But if we take a look at that and we realize that our feelings are driving our actions in life and our feelings are driven by our thoughts, then every result that we have in our life is because of what we're thinking and how we're going to show up in the world. So if we change our thoughts, we don't change the facts, but we change our thoughts, which will change our feelings. Correct. And then it'll determine your actions, which will then give you the results in your life. Wow. Oh, well, let's do a little example here. All right. Okay. Okay. So speaking for a friend. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I know this person who just eats all day long. <laughs> okay. He can't stop eating. And I, it's kind of a new development here. And she doesn't have good thoughts about herself when she eats all day long. But at the same time, it's kind of like maybe connected to something else. I don't know. So what should this friend do about the fact that she can't stop overeating? <laughs> well, first of all, I would tell this friend that she is 100% normal. <laughs> I get this question a lot, actually. And I love it so much because it kind of goes down to why women try and diet all the time. Right. And then these diets always fail. Well, why do they fail? And so this is the part that I really love to work on. They fail because what's driving them and the thought behind them is never changing. Just the action of them changing into or doing a diet is what's changing, but what needs to change is that thought. So give me a specific circumstance, a time when your friend couldn't stop overeating. Okay. It's usually like late afternoon. All of the things that she has to do are all finished pretty much, you know, and she's just kind of got this little gap before dinner time. So it's like around three o'clock in the afternoon. And suddenly she just kind of starts thinking, you know, I deserve this or why can't I have this? Or maybe if I just have a little bit of it, it won't matter or whatever. And pretty soon she's eaten so much and then dinner comes and then she eats dinner too. So, <laughs> right. Okay. So what's going on here is basically you continue to create the same pattern that you've created. Um, the result is staying the same. You overeat every day. Can't figure out why am I overeating? Why am I overeating? Okay. So overeating is going to go in the action line. Overeating is what's going on, what the, is the verb, the action that's happening. So what is the thought that's driving that action? The thought is that I haven't had anything. Oh, she hasn't had anything. <laughs> that's a treat, so to speak, the whole day. And she's worked hard and she's got a lot of stuff done. So she deserves just this one little whatever it might be. Okay. We're going to turn she into I to make it less confusing. Okay. Okay. Let's. <laughs> okay. I deserve a treat. Okay. So it's late afternoon. You've got a lot done. That would be your circumstance late afternoon. Yeah. And your thought is I deserve a treat. Yes. And then what do you feel inside when you think I deserve a treat? 
I feel, um, I don't know. Typically, I it's, really it's, thought of typically it's about desire. Now I desire yes. one, right? You yes. created a, an urge and a desire because you've had the thought. Yes, of I deserve a yes treat. exactly right. A craving kind of. Yes. Yeah. And then the action is you go in the kitchen and you start eating because, right, you just told yourself that you deserve it. And then you overeat. Typically, we overeat when it's something that's kind of going to give us a dopamine hit, which would be sugar if it's a treat. Right. And so you overeat and then your result is you've overeaten, right? Or either you're overweight because of the overeating or your result is typically something that you don't want, right? It's a reflection right. Or it's of even just thought. a thought about myself. Like you said, it's a thought about, oh, I'm such a pig. <laughs> right. It could be something like that. It's the result is always a reflection of what we were thinking. And so what I like to do here is let's just break down that thought. It sounds nice. I deserve a treat. That doesn't that just sound like pleasant. Like yes. I earned this, right? And there's so many thoughts in life that kind of make us feel like, oh, that's so great. That's so pleasant. But they're, they're actually really unhealthy, harmful thoughts because the, and I know that based off of the result that we don't want, right? Yeah. And the patterns that we set. Correct. So what, what why do you not want to overeat? Because I don't feel good when I overeat physically. I don't feel good when I overeat mentally. I have negative thoughts about myself and I don't like the fact that I gain weight. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So people like immediately want to just, oh, I want to change that thought. Once they hear that it's their thought, their thinking causing these results, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to come to a new thought. But what I like to do is just come from a place of curiosity and be a little bit compassionate about it. Oh, I wonder why I feel like I deserve a treat. I think it's super fascinating that I have an urge to eat sugar right now. And that kind of loosens it up a little bit and it doesn't seem so intense. And then what I tell my clients to do is just start paying attention to what you're thinking throughout the day because most of us aren't doing that. And so if you start paying attention, whenever you're feeling a negative emotion, you ask yourself, well, what am I thinking? And the more that you do this, the more awareness you start creating and the more aware you are of what you're thinking, then you start to use your prefrontal cortex, which is your more of your front brain, the one that makes the good decisions in life. And when it comes time to overeat, you'll think things like, oh, well, I actually want to take care of my body. I want to fuel my body so that it's healthy. If that is your goal and if that's the result that you're looking for, then you start to sort of become that. And you can do that by just doing kind of bridging thoughts. I'm becoming a woman that eats healthy. You can start there. So even though you're not a woman who is particularly healthy, let's say you are becoming a woman who's healthy. And later on, can you change that thought to, I am a woman who eats healthy or what? hundred percent. Yes. That's a, that's a great thought to have. A lot of times we look in like to our past, our brain naturally just wants to do that just because it's used to it. It's comfortable. When we start to go and look more future focused, or I'm becoming a woman that eats healthy, it, it can be a little uncomfortable because we're not used to that. It's kind of like going out into the unknown and your brain doesn't like it. Yeah. And so just those, those bridging thoughts of I'm becoming a woman that eats healthy is going to serve us better than just I'm eating healthy, or this is why the diets fail, right? Because we just change the action of I'm just going to eat healthy for a long time but then willpower can only last for so long. It's not sustainable. We don't buy right? into it ourselves. We just Correct. go through the actions. Yeah. So in order to move to a, um, a thought that we can truly believe, it's just, it takes, it takes time. It takes steps. It takes awareness. 
and a desire to want to change. And it's just a slow process of allowing it. Let's just assume for a minute that I have this feeling I I deserve a treat today. And then I stop and I think, why am I thinking this today? Why is it that I think that I deserve a treat? And for whatever reason, let's say I give in and I eat the treat. Then what do I do instead of bashing myself? Then this is kind of the main problem. This is the part where there, everybody stops the diet, right? They failed. Yes. They make it mean. Um, And so what I want, like in that situation, I never tell my clients, don't go to shame. That's net. That's what you're typically going to do. You're going to shame yourself because we like to almost try and beat ourselves better as if that actually works. If I just beat myself up then I won't do it ever again, which is completely false. It's completely untrue. And it's actually the reason why we overeat is because of our thoughts about ourselves. So if we just say, oh, that was interesting that I felt like I needed to have that treat, sit with it for a little bit. Think about, huh, I I wonder what I would want to do in the next time when this happens. What am I going to think next time? Kind of plan for it ahead of time, but just don't even go to the shame area. Just think, oh, this is just part of the journey. This is on my journey to weight loss and it's totally fine. All right. Well, did I get you off track? talking about the friend who, who likes to eat in the afternoons. Um, no, this is a perfect example. So basically that's the entire model. So vertically I write on a piece of paper every day, C-T-F-A-R, circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. And then I take my, everything going on in my brain and I write it all down. Like I call it a thought download and I just throw everything on paper. And then I'll typically take one of those thoughts and I plug it into the model and I work it. And that is how I solve problems for me personally. And I do my own coaching and that's how I solve and help people um, solve problems for themselves. And it's a very simple tool. Sometimes it can be a little bit harder to figure out, which is why everyone needs a life coach, but it's changed my entire life and it's changed every aspect of my life from my marriage to parenting, to loving myself, to everything. So, yeah. Okay. So then basically everybody can use a life coach, right? When I was going to ask you who needs a life coach, but pretty much everyone can use a life coach, right? Everybody needs a life coach. Even life coaches need life coaches because when we have an issue for us and we're really in it, sometimes it's hard to see another way. And that's what a coach will do. I have a life coach. I am a life coach. I coach others. Everyone needs it. Okay. So what kind of... Oh, suggestions or recommendations or whatever would you have for women who are in their 60s? I know that there's lots of women in this age group who think thoughts like, I'm too old to try that, or, oh, it doesn't matter anymore anyway, or that's too hard, or I I physically can't do that, or whatever the situation is. What would you say specifically to women who are in that age group thinking those kinds of negative thoughts? Well, the reason I think that it's an actual problem is because that's not truly the result that they want. They want to be able to do all the things and set all the goals and um, accomplish. I mean, we don't stop progressing or wanting a desire to progress when we're 60. It's natural for us to want to create and continue to do that. And so for, for everyone, I would say when you have a thought it's not serving you like, oh, I'm too old, but then you know you want to do this. I would just start with questioning that thought. Am I too old? What is too old? Is there an actual number to being too old? Has somebody else my age managed to accomplish this? And just start playing with it and questioning it. 
Um, and the more that we do that, the more that it becomes something that could possibly be a, attainable for us. And so, yeah, as a life coach, I would just stay, say, start with that. Just question everything. Perfect. I think that's awesome. Okay, Cammie, I appreciate all the advice today. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it too. If they wanted to get a hold of you, if they wanted to get a little coaching with the model or learning how to use it in their own lives, or how would they go about booking a session with you? So I would just go to Instagram and I am the life coach lessons and go ahead and just give me a follow on that. And there's a link in my bio to set up. You can do a free 30 minute coaching session or we can set up further sessions. So I'd start there. Oh, that reminds me. Are all of your coaching sessions right now at this time online? Yes. So anybody anywhere could set up a life coaching session with you then? Yes. Anyone, anytime. Okay. Say it again. One more time. Your Instagram. It is the life coach lessons, the life coach lessons on Instagram. All right. Hey, Cam, thank you for doing this for your mom. You're such yeah, a thanks for having wonderful me. daughter. <laughs> I'm pretty dang lucky. Free life coach lessons from an amazing daughter. And oh, thanks mom <laughs> and mother to my adorable grandkids. All right. That's it. That's all. So we will wrap it up and we will see you next time on Celebrating 60-something. Bye. Bye, Cammie. Bye.